Welcome to Extraordinary People, the podcast that highlights people who inspire others, have made significant contributions to the world, or who have overcome adversity. This show is hosted by Shirley Bogtel, author, educator, wife, mother, and grandparent. Learn more and subscribe today at ShirleyWachtel.com. And now, here's my grandma, Shirley Wachtel. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Extraordinary People. Uh, today, we have Anne-Marie Karschmidt. Anne-Marie has a passion for volunteering. A general manager at NJ Biz, a business-to-business newspaper, She is a wife and mother of a 21-year-old son. She started volunteering when she was 13 years old, working in a nursing home, and never really stopped. Anne-Marie has volunteered as a docent at a small museum, den leader, committee chair for the Boy Scouts of America, and various roles at her church, to name a few. In the past few years, she took her love of volunteering and paired it with her desire to help empowering teenage girls and created a group called Girls Gifts. Girls Gifts is open to middle and high school girls and uses cooking, crafting, mentorship, and faith as a way to begin an open dialogue about what is important to them. She also runs a similar program for women called Coffee, Cake, and Conversation. And that's what we're all about today. So Anne-Marie, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. So um, I do have a number of questions for you. I mean, volunteering, it's, it's, of course, such a noble thing to do, but it's one of those things that people say, well, if I had the time for it, or well, I'd like to do it, and somehow never get around to. But I find it so interesting that um, you began volunteering when you were only 13 years old. And I wanted to know, where does that passion come from? So when I was 13 years old, um, a friend of mine, her aunt worked at the nursing home and uh, her aunt kind of pulled her in, kind of forced summer volunteering. And so she asked if I would want to go along with her. So I just, you know, I just felt that it was something I should do. And uh, so I, you know, I went along with her. And I think it lasted maybe two weeks or maybe three that my friend kept coming and then she just stopped. It wasn't for her, but her aunt could see that I enjoyed it. So she volunteered to just keep picking me up and, you know, driving me there. It was about a half an hour from where I lived. And um, her aunt would pick me up, take me over to the nursing home where she worked and then take me home at the end of the day. And uh, I I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. They would uh, put me on a floor that at that time, you know, the word Alzheimer's wasn't really around. But now, in retrospect, I can see that was the the floor they would put me on. And I would have a record player and um, I would just dance and try and involve, you know, the the people there. And um, they seemed to have a good time. And I've had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say people um, who volunteer often get um, as much, if not more, out of the experience than those that they are helping. Absolutely. 
Um, so you've continued on this path. How have you made the time? You you have a full time job, I take it, at yes. NJ Biz. So how do you make the time for this? And you're also, you know, you have raised a son. Um, so how how are you able to do it? Well, um, you find the time. I think it's like anything else. If if you have a passion for it, you find the time. I just I schedule it in, and um, if it's on my calendar, then. I do it. I, I'm a, I guess, an organized person somewhat. Um, and so through my career, I, I've always had to multitask. That's just the role that I've always had. And this is just part of that multitasking. And and I enjoy doing it so much that even, um, even when things are really crazy at work and really busy, I mean, you know, this month is really super busy for me at work, but I have, you know, two, two large events happening on my volunteer side that I just make the time for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you want to do it, you can do it. And if, if you think it's overwhelming, then, you know, start with something small, start with volunteering two hours a month. Mm -hmm. And I think also in this, you know, um, in the wake of COVID, um, people are looking for new things to do. Uh, maybe they're working out of their home where they had not been doing that before, and they they want the opportunity to get out and to help others. So this is this is uh, this is something that they they you know might be able to take advantage of. People, in my experience, people do want to help. They just don't know how to help, and not everybody will you know, take the initiative to say, well, I'm going to start this or I'm going to start a group. Um, I remember when I first started volunteering at the Alice Austin Museum, it came kind of out of a necessity. I was, um, you know, 27. All of my friends had gotten married, moved on. I was not. And so I said, well, I, you know, I want to get out a little bit and meet new people. And back then there were classifieds in the newspaper and so I looked in and they were looking for uh, someone to volunteer at the museum. And so it was an opportunity. I went, I did it. I ended up making a lot of friends there and, mm -hmm. and loved it and, and kept going back, um, you know. But I think it's not that easy sometimes for people to find volunteer positions. And, you know, if it doesn't come right at them, a, a great example is uh, I'm doing an you mentioned before I do a girl's gift program, but I was put out a, a blast on Facebook looking for volunteers for a mentor dinner I'm doing next week. And I got a couple of inbox messages from people saying, this sounds like such a great idea. You know, um, if you ever need volunteers, let me know. So I think if the if it's something that's out there and they see it and they have an interest, they'll pick up. But, you know, it's it should be an easier way or people can reach out and find volunteer positions or everybody listen every organization needs help just call them right but, you know right. Even if it's just two hours a month that's how they get you you always start small and then you know once they see they've got a live volunteer you know these organizations will will help you add time to that two hours absolutely and i think also you know um a number of of my friends are retiring 
now and they're looking for something productive to do with their lives. I have a friend that um, is um, helping people in need by um, just, you know, uh, sorting clothing, folding clothing and, and, you know, for giveaways and things like that. And she finds it adds so much more of a dimension to her life. Um, so I, just maybe you can tell us a little bit about your experiences as a volunteer. So you said that you volunteered as a docent. You mentioned that. And um, can you tell us what a docent does? And, um, you know, just some of some of the things that you found, um, you know, gave you um, fulfillment in that position. Absolutely. Uh, when I went to the museum, it's a, you know, a small museum and they gave me, actually, they didn't even give me a book. They, they led me to the gift shop where there was a book I could buy that was all about Alice Austin and this was her home. Um, so I bought the book. I went home and I read it and I started giving tours of the house. And because I had read the book, I was able to add in a lot of history about Alice and her life and the home, which was originally built by the Vanderbilts. And, uh, and people started, you know, to, found that interesting because the previous volunteers, you know, I guess didn't read the book and they just kind of went off of the basics that we were told. So I started seeing like repeat people come and people bringing friends and, um, and that, you know, that just made me feel so, make me feel so happy that, mm. wow, you know, they're enjoying what I'm doing here and I'm loving it. Um, and we, we used to do a bunch of special programs and holiday parties and for the community. And one of the things that we did do is we would, the Girl Scouts would come in and to help us, you know, like once a month. And I think that's where, that was the first interaction I had with volunteering with younger girls. And, and that, you know, was always a passion. I really enjoyed that. But being the mom of a son, um, you know, I, I had to put that on hold for a long time and volunteered with the Scouts, which I did. I do love. I still help. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed that was one thing I learned. I really enjoyed mentoring, you know, younger teenage girls. But the the I took my son back to see the museum actually this past summer. And as I was walking through, it was like I was back in time and I was, mm -hmm. you know, telling him all the stories that I remember from the book <laughs> that I still right. love. <laughs> right. And, you know, one thing that you're implying here that's that's a benefit um, to volunteering, not only do you feel fulfilled in giving to others, but you're learning so much yourself. Yes, absolutely. It It forces you to you know, expose yourself to different things that you wouldn't have before I volunteered with this, you know, with the scouts, I had never, ever been camping. Um, and that was something I never even thought I would uh, do. But, you know, I learned that I kind of like camping. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it just it exposes you to so many different things. And in the women's group that I run now, you know, I, I'm meeting all these new ladies and learning about their lives and, and their careers. And it's it's fascinating to me. And um, so, yeah, out so of curiosity, 
I don't want to interrupt, but out of curiosity, when you were working um, with your uh, son's Boy Scout group, how did he feel about that? Was he embarrassed or was he proud? Or, uh, you know, I'm thinking I have three sons myself and, you know, that was nothing that I ever did where we, we were more involved with um, my husband was coaching various of uh, their sports teams. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, how would they feel if mom was, you know, a den leader or something like that? Yeah. Um, I think he he's a, a shy kid. So I think for him, it was a comfort to have me around. Mm. Um, and then as he, he grew older, he could just see the necessity. I mean, I'll be honest, there were not a lot of volunteers. There weren't enough volunteers. Mm. So um, I wore many hats in my time as, you know, in scouting. Right. Just because that's what you have to do. And my son, you know, he went on, he became an Eagle Scout, which, you know, is mm. so wonderful Very and so commendable. helpful mm-hmm. in life. And, um, and, and I feel like if, if there weren't enough of us who stepped up, you know, and, and I, sadly, that's kind of what's happening now in scouting is there not enough, not enough volunteers to do enough and troops and uh, packs are combining or just shutting down totally. Um, so if you want your child in it, which a lot of people do, sometimes you just have to say, okay, I'm that person. I, I raise my hand and um, I'll show up and, and volunteer. And, and I, I mean, I really enjoyed that as well because it was just an, an opportunity for me to get creative and, you know, and also get to see my son in, in a way I, I wouldn't have, you know. Oh, before. good point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's yeah, fabulous. Since we're talking about scouting, and um, this is just off the point a little bit, but how has um, scouting been going, in your opinion? Because they've had a um, some bad press in recent years, which I'm not going to get into. But um, do you see um, young boys um, wanting to be Boy Scouts maybe as much as they did when um, your son was involved in it? I think that they're there. I, I think from when if you go back to right, the beginning of scouting and the early scouting, there weren't as many other opportunities for kids. Now there's so many organized sports and there's there's so many things where kids are in multiple sports. So scouting part of, you know, the trouble they have is competing with the sports. Um, But the boys, once they're exposed to it, and that's what we always try to do in recruiting is like, let them see the fun part of scouting, you know, get them out in the woods, show them how to start the fire. They love that. Um, How to pitch a tent how to identify trees. And once they see that, they they really do get very, um, very involved by it. And, and we see them coming back. So it's just the exposure is not there as much because they, you know, there aren't as many scouts. It's not like, oh, my cousin, my friends, my this. But once we can get them in and we show them how much fun scouting can truly be, uh, you see them stick around. And mm-hmm. my son was not, I mean, I tried all the sports with my son. Uh, he just was not a sports kid. And right. my husband's not a sports guy, so really? it makes sense. But, mm-hmm. you know, I walked into a meeting one day, a recruitment meeting for scouting, and I noticed one friendly face, and we were newer to town. And she happened to be the scoutmaster's 
wife. And I walked up to her and they were so welcoming. And, and that was it. We were hooked. And that was the one thing where my son never said, I don't want to go. He would like be ready, fully in uniform out the door before I, I was even ready. That's it's terrific. a wonderful opportunity for boys and now right. girls. Boy, right. You know, it's not Boy Scouts anymore. It's it's Scouts USA. And oh, and, yes. Yeah. And the troops and packs have girls now, which is great. Right. And, and you know, it's just it's a learning experience for both of you and a wonderful way for you to connect with your son as yes. well. Yes. So that's Absolutely. terrific. Um, so now um, I, I really want to get into um, the group Girls Gifts. And um, I'm I'm really interested in that now because um, on a personal level, um, uh, I've I told you I've raised uh, we've raised three boys, but now I have granddaughters, <laughs> so they're all. It's just a lot of fun for me to do different things with them, yeah. and um, so um, and I know um, my uh, granddaughter who's ten now. Um, she participated in some kind of girls run event um, that was nationwide, I believe. And she had a lot of fun with that. So tell me, how did you come up with this idea for girls gifts? And how did this evolve? So when I found myself, uh, as my son left and, you know, became an Eagle Scout, went off to college, I was still helping and I still do help with scouts, but not in such a direct role because I knew that I wanted to do something, uh, you know, to mentor younger girls. And I, you know, I go to a, a fabulous church, Corpus Christi, and Father Damien is always very open to saying yes, as, as long as it involves the community and it has a great message. And so I said to him, I'd like to start a program where you know, I myself and others can kind of reach out to the girls in the community, middle school and higher, and just help them a little bit, just kind of help build their confidence, help build their knowledge of what's out there um, in, in a very easy way. So we started, we started right before COVID. And the first thing I said is I need to get like a founding group. So a couple of girls who would really buy into this and help me grow it. And that's what I did. I found a couple of girls who loved the idea and we sat down and uh, COVID had like just started at this point. So we sat outside and we made a list of what do we want to do? What do, What's the message we want to put out? And um, we really came up with the fact that what do they love? Well, they love cooking. They love crafting. They love talking. And just from my experience, they open up more and share more when they're doing something else. So that's why I always try and have a cooking or crafting portion right. of, of the, the day because it's just everyone's more relaxed. And, um, and I'll always have some sort of, you know, whether it's an icebreaker kind of question or a theme or something we're doing. The other thing I really wanted to do was expose expose these young girls to what's out there beyond high school for them. And this part, you know, a, a lot of girls' gifts goes, you know, is built from what 
I would have wanted when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. Um, and so I, I would have wanted someone to expose me to, Hey, you know, you could do this, you could do that. I didn't come from a family where it was like, you could grow up to be anything you want. It was Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, a traditional Italian family where it was get married and have a baby and your husband will work. And, you know, and, and this is how life goes on. And I just knew that, you know, was not my path in life. I mean, I, I got married at 34, so mm-hmm. definitely not my path in life, right. but I would have really loved somebody to, to tell me that, you know, Hey, there are these kind of careers out there or to sh- feel stronger and more self-confident. I felt like I I lacked a lot of self-confidence when I was uh, 12 years old. Um, I was diagnosed with scoliosis mm-hmm. and it was very rapid moving. So from the time that I was diagnosed in about two months, I was, you know, in the hospital getting surgery. Um, and back then surgery meant spending a month in the hospital, coming home, wearing a, a like a full body uh, cast, a plastic oh, yes. cast for mm-hmm. nine months. And then, then they kind of just throw you back into school. So when right. that happened, I was homeschooled for the nine, well, the 10 months, the month in the hospital and then nine months after. And when I went back into school, you know, I kind of felt like an outsider, especially at that time, you know, from sure. 13, you know, everybody's going through puberty. They're all, you know, and, and I was kind of left out of that. And so I always felt a little on the outside. Um, and I wouldn't say, you know, I was bullied, but people did not make it very easy for me to just come back in the middle of the school year. And um, that, you know, so I think that took a hit to my my self-esteem and, and I didn't have people around to help me through that. You know, I remember a guidance counselor saying to me, just forget, just forget the last year of your life and move on. Well, great. Know, <laughs> that, that, that's not how it works, you know, right. Mr. Blank. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, so I think I try and look at what I would have wanted as a girl, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and, you know, and wish that adults would have shared with me. And uh, part of what Girls Gifts does is the goal was every other month to have what I call a mentor dinner. And so I had the, um, I had the girls pick like different professions that they might, you know, find interesting. And healthcare was the first, um, law was the next, food service, the arts. And so I started to build a program around that. And so we had our first mentor dinner in uh, late July, and that was healthcare. And we were what a great idea. I what a great idea. So it's kind of like, almost like a career day, but this is really sounds more personalized. Yes. And so, uh, you know, I reached out to the community, I reached out to, you know, people who I know from from church, right, or from my women's, uh, my other group, the women's group I run. And so I was able to um, find a doctor and a nurse. And then I just reached out to the community through friends, through Facebook. And I found a a clinical social worker and a physical therapist. Mm. And so they came in um, 
you know, me and some, there are, there are other volunteers that help me in this program. It is not me alone. I could not do it alone. Um, so me and some of the other ladies and all the girls, we arrive at the hall an hour early. We make a nice dinner and then the mentors arrive at six 30. Um, we kind of have them seated on like a dais kind of, and the girls are prepared. They, they wrote up questions that they wanted to ask. And, um, if I tell you it was supposed to go from 6.30 to 7.30, we were there. I mean, it was after 8.30. And wow. the mentors just were having such a great time. And the girls were learning so much. And, you know, we start with the basic questions about, like, what type of education is required? How did you get your start? What made you want to do it? But I was so impressed because these girls were, like, digging down. Like, what what has ever happened? You know, did any, and especially this is healthcare you know, did you ever experience anything sad that made you not want to keep doing your job? And, you know, and the nurse and the doctor, they were really honest, you know, they, they see death and they talked about how they overcome that. And um, by the end of the night, it was wonderful. And now this coming Tuesday is our next, which is the legal profession. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lawyer, a judge, a paralegal, um, a court reporter, coming in and, um, to speak to the girls and, you know, and, and we open this up to everyone it, that, that was one thing too. I mean, I run it through Corpus Christi because you need to have a home base, you know, um, for various reasons right. insurance and whatnot, but the, the school system is nice enough to e-blast it out for, for me. Um, I put it on Facebook. It's open to anyone anywhere that wishes to come just you know let me know in advance so we know how, how much food to cook for you um so how many how many girls do you have in the program in the like the normal um regular program we'll go anywhere you know between 10 to 13 uh and, mm -hmm. and that's another thing these girls have have sports activities some of them work also the older girls so i from the beginning said this will be a place where you can come when you can come. And when you can't, you don't have to worry. You know, right. um, it's, I'm not going to, it's, there's no signing in. There's no attendance. I taught CCD for many years. And uh, some of these girls were in my CCD class. I taught sixth grade. And it was very much when I reached out to them, I was like, you know, this is not Mrs. K because that's, that's what they would call me. This is not Mrs. K. This is Anne Marie. I use my first name. Um, I have no homework. I'm, you know, not that I was ever that strict. I, I think I was a, a pretty cool teacher, but um, we're here for, you know, this is not school. This is mm -hmm. a place to come to kind of get away from school and, and to, to talk and share whatever you have and kind of help them to empower themselves a little and, and build that self-esteem. So. Now, you mentioned um, they do cooking and crafting. And um, does any of this involve um, volunteer work or helping others as well on the part of the girls? We, we do not incorporate that because we have a youth group at our church and they okay. do a lot of volunteering. So this was kind of separate from that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I think it, it is such an important thing, especially... Uh, for this age when they're they are 
just so vulnerable at this time of life to have that um, camaraderie with yes. um, with other girls and 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 good role models as well. I think is really important. It is, and you know, it's it's funny because the way we set up the room is kind of a U shape, and the middle school girls are on one side, the high school girls are on the other. But when we're doing activities or we're you know kind of they're just mixed, and and I love it because the older girls will they go out of their way to say nice things to the younger girls. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's kind of, and the goal of this is, I think if, if you have, like, if you see early on, like, I think I did the the value in volunteering and helping it, it kind of keeps you, you pay it forward. And I was very fortunate. I had some really wonderful mentors in, in my, you know, my early like 19 to 22, you know, age bracket um, that are still very close to me today. And I think it's always kind of pay it forward. And that's what I, I yes. try and instill in them also. Yes. And, and you seem nice. to have done a lot of that. So, so you, 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 you're getting um, promoted, I see in your idea of coffee, cake and conversation for women. Yeah. So why did you find um, a need for, for um, helping out in this way? That really went back to when I was teaching CCD or, or other things. I'm, I'm pretty involved over at my church we would have meetings on whatever the topic would be. And I'm sure this happens in many meetings. It kind of will take take a side road and people will start talking about something and someone might share a problem they're having or a situation and, you know, and, and a great conversation would happen. And then the person running the meeting will inevitably say, okay, okay, ladies, we need to, we need to get back on track here. We need to get back to the reason why we're here. And after hearing that over and over and over again, I said, wouldn't it be nice if there was a place where we can just talk and no one says, let's get back on track to why we're here. That is why we're here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I kind of just kept thinking about it for probably about a year. And then I said, all right, you know, how do I do this? And I don't know how, I, I don't know if I ever heard the term coffee cake in conversation before, or I don't think so. And I just said, this seems like something, you know, I can start. And I told my husband and, you know, and he, <laughs> he kind of groaned. It was like, oh, not another <laughs> Here we thing. go again. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That exactly. Right. And um, so I went on a site called Fiverr and that's where like, you can get graphic design for, very inexpensive. And I, I had a logo made up and, mm-hmm. um, and once I had the logo made up, I reached out to my church because that's the easiest place to run things through. And I spoke and, uh, to the, the priest and, and he was like, absolutely. And, um, and he wanted to add some things. And I was like, no, I, I don't want this to be, you know, like religious space because I want any, anybody to be able to come, you know, and if you have faith, that's wonderful, but we're not going to exclude somebody because they're not in the same faith or, you know, they don't, they don't share it or they don't have it. Um, because I think women need a a place to just go. And so, uh, I called up a, a, a friend who I was, she used to teach CCD with me. I ran it by her and 
she was like, yeah, I think this is a great idea. And I said, okay, can you know, can you help me? And she said, absolutely. Cause I felt like I needed a partner just in case I couldn't show up one day. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately her life took a different turn. And so she wasn't able to help me after the first month, but, um, you know, I just, it, it's not that much. I, I make a pot of coffee. I bake a cake. I love, love, love to bake. So mm-hmm. I bake a different kind of cake every month. And I just started spreading the word and it started small, but then it grew and people bring people. And we've been doing this. Uh, I mean, May was our fifth anniversary. So um, it's been quite a while. And some women will come when they need to be there for a year or so. And then, you know, then they'll kind of, fade out. And then some are with me from the very beginning, but people I see join, you know, some ladies join because they, they don't have anybody to talk to. They don't have any friends. Some are older ladies that, um, you know, maybe they've lost a spouse or they don't, you know, they're, they don't have their friends around anymore. So mm-hmm. they'll join. And then they, we all become friendly with each other and we support each other outside of this as well. Um, it's, it's really something that I, I enjoy doing so much. And, um, you know, I call it CCC because, you know, I say it so much that if we say the whole thing, it would take forever. So I'll just Mm -hmm. say to my husband, okay, I'm not going to be home tomorrow night at CCC and, you know, and he'll roll his eyes and laugh. I mean, he's, you know, joking, but, um, and, and I'll bake my cake and, you know, head over to the church hall, make a pot of coffee. Now we have, I have volunteers who volunteer to bring the coffee because I don't drink coffee. So I don't know. If <laughs> I, made it, I don't know if I made a terrible pot or what, but uh, we, have, we have people volunteer that. And, okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but everybody, everybody eats cake and, you know, yeah. like for, for um, people like myself who I'm not a card player, I don't play Mahjong mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. so, but I do eat cake. And, uh, and, and I drink coffee. So this is, this is a, is a wonderful outlet just to, you know, get together and, and in a place that's, um, safe and welcoming and just have a conversation and feel good about yourself. Yes. Everybody walks in as a friend, you know, as soon as a new face walks in, I, I insist everybody wear a name tag, even though some Mm -hmm. of the women were there a long time, like everybody knows me. And I'm like, no. Someone new can walk in and not know you. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's just comforting to be able to to see someone's name. And if you're going to start a conversation or you're in a conversation, you can say their name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we I just bring labels and and we stick them on our, our shirts and, uh, you know, and, and we move forward. And I always try and have like some sort of an icebreaker um, just to get the conversation started. And right. then, you know, I try and theme it if it's possible. But um but once we get rolling, I mean, we go from 730 to nine. And if I tell you at nine, I'm like kind of forcibly wrapping it up because we can go. even. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, so how many how many women do you have participating, you know, on a regular basis? On a regular basis, there's at least I'm going to say like 10 or 12 at the table. But mm-hmm. through, the, through the years, um, I don't know, there's probably been 50 different people who have come and gone and, um, you know, but we, the core is always there. And mm-hmm. in the very beginning, I'll be honest, when you're, when you're starting something, and I think that's for anyone who wants to start a new group or a new club or anything, 
you know, you, you have to be patient. You can't get discouraged because there were times in the beginning that it was just me and one other person. We right. started doing it at the library, at the South River Library. Mm-hmm. But then when COVID happened, their meeting hours changed. So we moved it over to the, the church hall. But um, sometimes it was just me and another person at the library. And um, and we would just say, okay, let's, you know, let's just go. And and it's funny because one of the lady who did that who was most often my one person, if I had one person, she and I became very friendly and she was over here last night for, for cake. You know, we That's became great. personal friends. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. don't get discouraged. Just keep going. It takes a while to get the word out. It takes a while to build a reputation. Um, yeah. And it takes a while to grow something new. And it's it's really wonderful to have that sisterhood, which, you know, you're helping the young girls build on that and you're helping the the older the women um, uh, make new friends and and sustain those relationships, which I think is is something that yes. is is much needed today. You know the the, the personal connections in our society. Yes. Um, now, did you say when you began these groups? So I started um, I started coffee cake and conversation. This past May was our fifth anniversary. So we're in into our sixth year. Um, the girls gifts group started right before COVID. Um, and then we were meeting outside here and there, but I'm going to say the last year we've been on a regular schedule. Um, yeah, I was going to ask how, uh, the pandemic has, uh, impacted, um, yes. your work. Well, when the pandemic hit, uh, we didn't we didn't skip a beat on the coffee cake and conversation. I set up a Zoom um, session and we would all join on Zoom. So that mm-hmm. I am I'm you know you take like pride in little in little things that may seem silly to someone else, but to you it doesn't. Um, I, I take so much pride that there has never been a month where we did not have coffee cake and conversation, um, it, whether it was virtual or in person. And there were some months where, you know, I, I stopped off at the shop right and picked up a cake because my day was so crazy and I didn't get to bake. But it's still, you know, it, that's not the part that matters, you know, mm, it's, just, right. it's just a little draw. Nobody cares. Um, I just love to bake. That's so I, I right. love baking. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. So so Girls Gifts is, you know, probably about three years ago, we started that. And then over five years ago for Coffee Cake and Conversation. And, um, you know, scouting, my God, I started scouting. My son's 21. So I started scouting when he was seven. Sure. Right. Um, So just uh, just two more questions for you. Um, The first is, um, let's say I wanted to become a volunteer. Like, how do how do I go about doing that? There, you know, the first thing is to, to look around where you are what is there anything that you're interested in that there's an organization already for uh you know 4-h my son was in 4-h i volunteered at 4-h there they are always looking for volunteers scouting is always looking for volunteers but even just go to like you know your your place of worship they always are looking they're eager for anyone to start anything so that's always such an open place um if you have an interest in the arts, you know, there's museums, there's, you know, there's small, small museums. Those are the ones that get forgotten. You know, everybody wants to volunteer at MoMA or the Met, but, right. you know, who wants to volunteer at, at the small museum? And that's really who needs it. Mm. And um, 
So think of what your interest is and then look around for an organization that would fit in with it. And I, I will encourage like if, if there isn't anything, then then start it. Just, right. you know, you don't have to start it big. Just just start it. Mm-hmm. And uh, libraries and I, I, would be something else. Libraries. Comes they to mind. Always, yeah. Yes. They always mm-hmm. and they will also sponsor, you know, things also. They'll, you know, South River Library was wonderful letting us use their meeting room in the beginning. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so reach out and if there's a service that you're willing to provide in any, you know, any kind of way, you could usually find a home for it. Mm-hmm. Well, you seem like the kind of person who's um, always on to the next thing. So I'm going to ask you, what is the next thing for you? Um, in my volunteering life? Yes. Or, so I, I just started doing quarterly um, women's lunches for in the afternoon, because some of the older uh, ladies uh, you know, can't get out in the evening, they don't want to drive or whatever. So I've started doing um, quarterly uh, ladies potluck luncheons. And that's something that I definitely want to to grow on. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what what comes next is is always a surprise. If mm-hmm. I see it, you know, I've been um, I've been helping some people to find jobs and, and kind of uh, pick a career. My, my son had a um, a friend who he knew for a long time, went to school with, and, you know, college just wasn't for him. And he left and he didn't know what to do. And after like a year, my, you know, my son said, mom, do you think you can help him? He doesn't ha- know what to do. And his parents really, you know, are, aren't able to help him. And so I spent a lot of time talking to him, trying to figure out what he wanted to do. Um, and so we we did, it took a couple of months, but we settled him into a nice job where, you know, a full-time job, good pay benefits, where he's learning and growing. And, you know, I'm helping another friend uh, to do that who, you know, lost her husband. So I'm trying to help her. Um, so I think that might be the next wave for me. Um, I, I, I always joke and I say to my husband that, when I retire and I would love to just like put up one of those, like um, if you remember in, in peanuts, Lucy had like a sign, you know, five cents and she'd help you with something. Well, I would love to just have that, but not charge the five cents. I'm creative. Like I guess based on my work. Yeah. Based on my work, I've always been creative and problem solving. So I would love to just build something where I can help solve problems for, for people. In the community. Okay. Well, Anne-Marie, this has been um, so interesting. You're in, you really are such an inspirational role model for others, and, and you truly define what it means to be an extraordinary person. I love your um, suggestions and um, all the good work you've been doing. So continue on with that. And, and thank you so much for speaking with me today. Oh, thank you, Shirley. This is this has been fun, and um, I was nervous to do this, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy I did. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Extraordinary People. To learn more about Shirley Wachtel and to subscribe to the show, head to ShirleyWachtel.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Extraordinary People. Extraordinary People.